Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the show. Where do we draw the line on freedom of expression? Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. Here it is, Thursday night at approximately 8.35 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on August 31st. And coming up, obviously, well, Friday, September the 1st. And here we are going into the Labor Day weekend, which is really hard to believe already. It just seems that we're going into the May 2-4 weekend in the beginning of summertime. Well, it's still officially summer. But school is back in, starts September the 5th. Public schools, Catholic schools high schools, college, university. School buses are going to be out in full force. And so are the children. So it's time to pay attention. Get into the routine of putting your phones away while you're driving. Slow down in the school zones. Follow the rules of the road. Now, I've been out here from time to time and and talked about, you know, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. You know, where do we draw the line? Who's account, who should be held accountable? Social media outlets like Twitter. TikTok, even on here, even on Podbean doing a, a, a live cast or maybe do a recorder cast, I don't know. So the Charter Rights and freedoms is one of the most recognizable parts of Canada's constitutional democracy. It was signed in 1982 under the Trudeau administration, not the Trudeau administration today, 1982, Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau. And then following the extensive negotiations, the Charter of Rights and Freedom provides legal protection for citizens, rights to free speech, religion and freedom from discrimination by limiting government power, 
and though people living in Canada are largely able to enjoy the rights and freedom guaranteed by the Charter. But there are also clauses that also allow some of those rights and freedoms to be violated in certain circumstances. In particular, there are two sections of the Charter. Section 1, the Reasonable Limits Clause, and Section 33, the Notwithstanding Clause, that creates space for governments to violate some of the terms of the Charter Rights and Charter Rights and Freedoms, which are then validated or not by the courts. Well, not the not, not the withstanding clause. See, the premiers across the 10 provinces and three territories wanted the notwithstanding clause just in case there was something in the Charter Rights and Freedoms that they didn't like and they wanted to change it. And the only way they could change it, they'd have the notwithstanding clause. So Section 1, the Reasonable Limits Clause, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees the rights and freedoms set out in this, in this subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. Now, when a government in Canada makes a law that violates the terms of the Charter, our court may say that doing so is legitimate, so long as the violation occurs in ways that are a reasonable limit that can be demonstrably justified in a free and dramatic, uh, democratic society. Okay. So we had to put limits on gatherings over the pandemic. Oh, we had to shut down non-essential business, shut down schools. That's, that's not the federal government. That was the provincial government. The top doctors in each province actually took charge. And so then the premiers would have to come out and say, we have to close non-essential business. We have to close schools. We have to have stay at home orders. You know, because of the spread of this virus, COVID-19. Now, the Sup Supreme Court of Canada developed a test in this landmark case of, of R versus Oaks to assess what constitute a reasonable limit. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Where do we draw the line on freedom of expression, freedom of speech? And of course, when it, when it comes to, uh, see, everybody, you know, when it comes to, okay, so the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, not everybody, there are people out there that think that, you know, what's written in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms is written in stone. 
and that the government can't alter or, or change anything in the, in, in the charter. When in fact they can, as long as they can demonstrate such reasonable limits prescribed by law. So the Supreme Court of Canada developed a test in the, in the landmark case of R versus Oaks to access what constitutes a reasonable limit that involves a two part to determine whether legislation violating the charter can be justified under section, section one. So they had this two part formula with three uh, uh, justifactory criteria to weigh the balance of power between the law in question and individuals' freedom and rights. So the first part of the test um, asked two fundamental questions to establish the connection of the case to, to, to use the charter effectively determining whether the limit on freedom is reasonable. So after the first part of the test is established, the court must engage in the second part of the Oaks test that is identifying whether the reasonable limit can be demo democratically justified in three ways. First, to aim of the law or policy under scrutiny must be rationally connected to the limit of the charter right. Second, the limitation must restrict the charter rate as little as possible to a minimal impairment. And third, there should be an overall balance of proportionally between the benefits of the limit and potential harmful effects. Now, this is, a, this is one that, you know, you know, it's a, it's a really argumental of one, uh, the notwithstanding clause. Now, this was so little history of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, it was rewritten in 1982 under then uh, Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau, which is Justin Trudeau's father, which Justin Trudeau is Prime Minister of Canada at this present time. So they, the premiers want to put in, in, in this notwithstanding clause. So the parliament of the legislator of the province may expressively declare in an act of parliament or in the legislator, as the case may be, that the act or provision thereof shall opt operate notwithstanding a provision included in section two or section seven to section 15 of the charter. Now, so the notwithstanding clause states that both the federal and parliament and provincial governments can enact legislation that violates some of the rights and freedoms of the charter in certain situations, particularly where governments uh, disagree with potential or actual judicial decisions when a government invokes the notwithstanding clause 
then the legislation in question and the use of the notwithstanding clause must be reviewed every five years. That means that it, so it's notwithstanding. So, I mean, you can't even, if they change something in the charter, if the, if the premier changes something in the charter, it can't be challenged in court. And it stands for five years. I don't know, you know, where people just think that, yeah, we got rights. Nothing can change that. We got freedom of speech speech and, and expression and so on. We can say whatever the hell we want. When in fact you can't. Section one of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It, it says that your charter and rights or freedoms are not absolute. So I want to bring up this little topic here because when it comes to freedom of, of expression or even freedom of speech, you may have heard of, of Dr. Jordan Peterson. He's a, he's a prominent uh, clinical psychologist. He's written a bunch of papers and, and books and um, he taught in universities and also practiced clinical psychology. The first thing I heard about him is that, you know, I actually came across it by accident. I was just perusing through YouTube and it came up and, it, and, and the subject was uh, gender pronouns. What the hell is this about? So obviously it had to do with the LGBTQ plus two-spirited people. And gender pronouns where they wish to be addressed. Instead of using him or her or she. Man, woman. And that was, you know, something that, you know, Jordan Peterson absolutely refused to address. Call somebody by their preferred gender pronoun. So that kind of got him into a little bit of trouble, but it doesn't stop there. You probably know who um, Elliot Page is, also known back when uh, she came out as, as trans as Ellen Page, is an actor. And she had surgery done and then Jordan Peterson was all over that. You know, um, his, his comment was, do you remember when pride was a sin? You know, so after the surgery and everything took place and um, she come out and she, she talked about it, 
how how great it made made him feel. And then again, Jordan Peterson, you know, gets bent out of shape once again and ridicules Elliot Page. So when we talk about pride, so he says pride, he says, matter of fact, pride is a cardinal sin. Well, you can, you can break that, you can break down, you, you, you can break down pride and how you want, how, how do you want to decipher it? So is he, so the sin of pride, according, according to the Bible, the sin of pride is a, is a heart attitude expressed in an unhealthy, exaggerated attention to self and elevated view of, of one's abilities, accomplishments, position, possessions. So was Elliot Page when when she when 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 she comes out and says, Wow, you know, this trans this this transformation makes me feel really great. I don't know how that would be according to Jordan Peterson. One a, a sin of pride. So we can look at pride once again. Maybe you take pride in the work that you do. Maybe you're 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 uh, an artist. You like you like to draw. You like to paint. Uh, you you like to uh, do do crafts. Mu music. You take pride in music, right? You're an artist. You write music. You write lyrics. You play it. You sing it. You take pride in that. Would that constitute as a cardinal sin? Probably not. And then we just take pride in ourselves. Well, we take we take pride in in you know the way we look. We take care of ourselves. Men with short hair, women long hair. We take pride, you know, people, you know, we, you, you, I mean, you go to the dentist twice a year to get a cleaning and a checkup and you got nice white pearly teeth and you take pride in that. 
You take pride in, in your home the way you take care of it. The way it's kept on the outside and the way it's kept on the inside. That's not a cardinal sin. But it is when you think you're better than everybody else. And you're out there shedding it out to the world. And you're drawing attention to yourself of all the accomplishments and all the abilities that you have and the positions that you've done and all the possessions that you have. And it's like, you can't have any of this stuff because I'm better than you. I don't think Elliot Page was actually even doing any sort of thing like that. But not according to Jordan Peterson. But it doesn't stop there. He comes across a, a photo of a uh, a BBW woman in a swimsuit magazine. And he says, not pretty. No authoritarian can even change that. And other remarks that he that he uh, he made about um, the the pandemic. He he criticizes the government a lot. Now, we can criticize the government. You know, as long as we're we're not threatening. He's criticized the government humpting dozen times. It's not threatening. It's not, it's not calling the prime minister like really bad names. It's not threatening to harm. But he's been in the hot seat you know, with the, 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 the governing body of, of psychiatrists. And because some of his remarks that, that he has made, in particular with, with um, Elliot Page, the government, and this uh, swimsuit model of BBW, that he has been found guilty of. I guess we could call shaming. To a degree. So when we have doctors or lawyers, school teachers, premiers of the provinces, Anybody, you know, in, in, a, in an official um, occupation that deals with public all the time, that um, higher, um, higher um, hierarchy, 
So we hold them at a different standard. So the end of the day, Jordan Peterson has been ordered by the courts to pay $25,000 in a fine. And he's also been ordered to take a, a social media sensitivity program. Now he's fighting this all the way. You know, he said he's going to take it to the Supreme Court of Canada. In which, by the way, this the Supreme Court of Canada doesn't even have to hear the case. So who gets away with what? If I said the same things that he was saying about Elliot Page, or what he said about the plus-size model in the swimsuit edition on social media, people would get upset. See, he got banned from Twitter. This is before Elon Musk took it, took it over. He got banned from Twitter with his remarks regarding Elliot Page and the plus size, plus size model and um, whatever else he says on, on social media. So he got banned from Twitter. And then Elon Musk, uh, Musk uh, buys Twitter. And then he changes it to X. Then he tells Jordan Peterson he can come back onto Twitter. He tells Donald Trump they can come back on, on Twitter. Well, we know Donald Trump's nothing but a liar. Jordan Peterson, well, should he know better being in, in the prominent position that, that, that he is, a clinical uh, psychiatrist? I mean, you don't belittle your patients. Another thing that came up yesterday, too, so when it, so when it comes to your freedom of expression. This just happened the other day. This happened in the in, in the Bruce County here in Ontario. So the mayor who resigned, he apologizes for his ignorant, insensitive comments about First Nations. But you have to, but first, I mean, you have to stick your foot in your mouth first, right? When you speak something, when you say something about somebody or, you know, or a certain, certain group, and you speak before you think, and once those words come out, you can't take it back. So this is what he had to had to say. This is a 43 second clip. 
of uh, of this mayor. He's heard talking about the plant that opened in Cape Crocker 25 years ago. He claims the plant was ruined because community members didn't maintain it and, and questions the $65 million spent to set up a new hydrant and water plants. And 75% of those houses, he says, I mean, they should be torn down, he said in the recording. It's like, why are we spending $65 million on water treatment plants up there that's going to last 20 years because they're not going to look after it. Just look at their homes. I can understand to be poor, but you can be poor and clean. Well, He resigned before he got fired. Now, if that were me or you or anybody else, I mean, you, you, if you said that on social media platforms, you know, directed at, at the um, indigenous community, well, maybe Elon, Elon Musk probably wouldn't ban you. Probably not because he likes to have people on there like who would say shit like that. But other platforms would probably ban you. But he, you know, so he, so he apologizes. He apologizes for his ignorant and sensitive comments about First, First Nations. Maybe he, he shouldn't have said anything at all. Sometimes you don't, if you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say anything. You know, was he exercising his his freedom of expression oh not likely So the fundamental freedoms in section two of the charter rights and freedoms, everyone has the following fundamental freedoms, freedom of conscience and religion, freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom, freedom of the press or other media communications, freedom of peaceful assembly and freedom of association. So under the section two of the charter, Canadians are free to follow the religion of their choice. In addition, they are guaranteed freedom of thought, belief, and expression. Since the media are an important means of communicating thoughts and ideas, the charter protects the right of the press and other media to speak out. Our right to gather and act in a peaceful groups is also protected. 
as uh, our right to belong to an association like a trade union. So these freedoms are set out in the Charter to ensure that Canadians are free to create and express their ideas, gather to discuss them, and communicate them widely to other people. These activities are basic forms of of individual liberty. They are also important to the success of the democratic society like Canada. And in a democracy, people must be free to discuss matters of public policy, criticize governments, which Jordan Peterson does all the time. I mean, Pierre Pelliev, uh of the conservative gov- of the, he's a conservative leader of the conservative party in the federal government. He criticized the government all the time. Every single day, he opens up his mouth. Somebody who I wouldn't vote for because he has no general direction of what he wants to 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 bring Canada forward, but only just to criticize the federal government in the moment. Now, so even though these freedoms are very important, governments can sometimes limit them. For an example, freedom of expression may be limited by laws against hate propaganda or child pornography because they, they, they pre, uh, prevent harm to individuals and, and, and groups. Section one, and you know, this is one thing um, people, you, you can't, you can't skip over it, right? You, you can't. So, and it says, that your charter and rights, your charter rights and freedoms are not absolute. And you can't pick and choose a charter that just explicitly just is for you. Yes, of course, we can go out there and and we can show our discourse of the government in protest. But there's rules of, of engagement. It has to be peaceful. You can't intimidate and harass and prevent other people's um, movements and, and their rights. You can't do any of that. We have the right to to live in a peaceful neighborhood. For an example, 
you know, back in January of 2022 into February. Which started out as as normal as a protest starts out. It's not the first time trucks had gone to Ottawa. I think it was like 2018. I think like 100 trucks went to Ottawa from Alberta. And they stayed the weekend, had their protests, and they left. Just like when, when, when we have a discourse of, of the government, you know, generally, you know, if it's with the federal government, they're going to go to Ottawa because that's the capital. And they're going to protest there. So things all start out as, you know, the the rolling protests, so all these trucks heading from all parts of Canada and everything to ascend onto Ottawa for a protest. And, and like any protest in Ottawa, because there's been hundreds of them. So even, you know, the mayor of Ottawa, the police chief of Ottawa, you know, the RCMP, um, CSIS. Oh, this is just going to be your average Joe protest. They'll come here and blah, blah, blah. You know, they'll say their piece, demand stuff, and then go home. Little did anybody know, never mind the, the police services, Or, or any other Canadian, what were, what was to happen next was that they would just lay siege on the city of Ottawa. Using vehicles as barricades, intimidating and harassing Citizens, and this took place. I'm not making this this shit up. The hair, the the the, the air horn blowing day and night. That's intimidation. That's harassment. That's just violating all the all the bylaws of of noise. The partying all night. I mean, you can't even do that. If you have a big party in your backyard and you're loud and, you, and you're disturbing the neighbors, you're soon going to get a knock on the door by the police. They're going to tell you to turn down the music. And don't, want, and don't make them come back a second time. People out there, you know, they can say whatever the hell they want about that so-called freedom convoy in, in Ottawa. I call it the Karen Carnival. Being a trucker for myself for 30 plus years. I know that you'll never be out of a job. As the truckers out, out there who are in the protests and stuff like that claim to it's the government's fault they can't work, you know, which is just 
bogus. Because if you have a commercial driver's license, there, there's no excuse not to work and there's no excuse not to have a job. You can work domestically. So when it comes to that part of freedom, uh, freedom of thought and belief, opinion and expression, because you can't intimidate and, and harass people verbally. Oh, and he got he got on the he got on the backs of, of the LGBT of the LGBTQ plus two spirited. You know, I mean, he seems to be upset that, you know, um, they dedicate a, a, a month to the LGBTQ. They have their, their gatherings, they have the parades or whatnot. So he's expressed his opinion about that. And so the, 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 the governing body of, of, of doctor psychiatry now says, and the courts have said, that he has to take social media sensitivity training. Maybe he feels he's being picked on. He's rebellious. You know, the, 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 the tweets that he made about Elliot Page, he, refu he refuses to take them down. He says he's going he's gonna to fight it tooth and nail. He's going to fight it to the bitter end. You know, right to the... To the Supreme Court of Canada, which he has the right to do. Fight it for as long as it takes. I mean, he doesn't care. I mean, he, he's, he's got the money. He can hold out just, just as long as anybody, you know, who's, who's well off. I would just say this. I mean... For you know, but I, I guess you know, trying to shaming for one, you know, a, a plus size woman, you know, she's a model, and she, you know, she's in in the edition of the swim, swimsuit magazines. She, you know, to say not pretty, an old Teletorian can 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 ever change that i think that's shaming that's you know i you know i think that was kind of like like over the top you know so in the governing body of of, of physicians of uh, physicians here in ontario you know said okay you know what enough's enough First of all, you're supposed to be professional. 
you hold a clinical psychiatry license. Whether he teaches teaches it anymore or he sees patients anymore, that's all irrelevant. Now, if he, like, so he doesn't, he doesn't see patients anymore and he doesn't teach it anymore. So then why don't you just retire, retire your license, but it still doesn't give you the right to shame and ridicule just just because you know he, he may think it's it's distasteful of a plus size model in, in, in a swimsuit I actually saw the photo actually she's very beautiful and I'm just thinking you know you know what's his problem you know what's his problem with the LGBTQ you know, having a month dedicated to them. You know, what's his problem with Elliot Page? He seems to have a, a, a real serious problem with, with Elliot Page. You know, then I'm, then I'm watching you know, other people, you know, so people on the Daily Wire and stuff like that. Um, Americans... Trying to, to, you know, I guess, comment on, you know, Canada's Charter Rights and Freedoms when, first of all, read the goddamn thing before you comment on the Charter Rights and Freedoms because there are limitations. And your Charter Rights and Freedoms are not absolute. You know, it's just like when the federal government invoked the, the Federal Emergencies Act. You know, Jordan Peterson just about went off the edge. Oh, they can't do that. Well, a lot of people said they can't do that. You know, news news stations down in the United States, you know, like uh, NBC. Oh, that that's tor that's that's authoritarian government. They they can't invoke that. They can't do that. You know, so Jordan Peterson thinks that he can't invoke the, the Federal Emergency Act. Well, there's a lot that goes into that, first and foremost, right? Trudeau just doesn't just stand up and say, I'm invoking the Federal Emergencies Act. That's got to go through a vote through the House of Commons. So... From the Conservative Party, from the ND, from the NDP Party, uh, from the Quebec Bloc Wall Party, uh, the, the the Green Party, the Independents, I'll have to vote on it. So they voted yes, invoked the the, the Federal Emergency Act. Oh no, he can't. He can't do that. You know, it, it just kind of irks me in the way too when people weigh in on something they know nothing about. You know, and how and when the the, the federal emergency act can be invoked. 
And one of them is, is, is public disorder. You know, they made it very clear during that time back in January and February, they made it very clear that they were going nowhere until all mandates were lifted. Here in Ontario, so, you know, um, March of, of, of 2022, but don't forget that ran for three weeks. So that ran right from, I think, the last week of, of, of January right into like uh, almost into the, the third week of, of February. It ran, it ran for three weeks. It's going on for three weeks. So when do you know you've overstayed your welcome? When people have had enough, people are fed up. You made it very clear that you weren't leaving until all mandates were, were lifted in the starting in March. I mean, very early March here in the province of Ontario the mandates were starting to be lifted. And by the way, at that time, we could all go to work, businesses, even non-essential businesses could open. Now, so like I say, I mean, you know, these, these, these people on Daily Wire and other news agencies in the United States and stuff like that, you know, um, just about losing their mind, you know, back when, when the federal government invoked the Federal Emergency Act, you know, first of all, they obviously don't know anything about Canada. Secondly, they know nothing about the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Thirdly, they don't know anything about the Federal Emergency Act and when it can be used. See, the Federal Emergency Act replaced the War Act. The, the, the War Act was actually used by Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau. I think it was around 1970 or 70, one or two in around there. So serious conflict that was going on in Quebec. And, the, you know, he actually even used the military. That was then the War Act. So that got all changed in, in the 80s. <clears throat> changed it to the Federal Emergencies Act. And then put in um, the um, new guidelines.
Now, I think I could probably pull it up here pretty quick. Now, what they can do, I think it's on this one. It has to be on this one here. And it can be when it can be used for what it can use for terrorism, it can be used for war. Um, it can be okay. So the Emergency Act, which replaced the War Measures Act in 1988, so the Emergency Act has never been used. The war, the War Measures Act, was under Pierre Elliott Trudeau. But this, the Emergency Act, when it was revised, and then, so it was revised in 1988. So the War Measures Act, however, has been used three times in Canadian history during the First World War, the Second World War, and then Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau during the 1970 October crisis in Quebec. That was under under the War Measures Act. So the Emergency Act was 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 the first time that with that it has been invoked by now Prime Minister Justice Trudeau. So uh, and of course you know with of course with 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 any threats to to democracy and safety and. Um, wartime or, or whatever the case may be. And of course, um, with what was um, taking place in Ottawa last January and February. Now, I mean, they, you know, it already has been, you know, it's not written in stone, and so they have to have the inquiry, which they did. And after the inquiry, um, it was said that um, the federal government met. Met everything that was needed to invoke the, the uh, federal uh, the federal emergency act. So, of course, coming up, I think September the fifth, 
two of the organizers of that so-called freedom, trucker freedom protest, they're headed to court starting September the 5th, and I think it's supposed to run for 16 weeks. And they are, they are up on several charges. So I'll have to see how that turns out and, you know, follow that and, you know, and, you know, because, you know, one in particular, Tamara Litch, I mean, she's been traveling around and, you know, talking about her experience, you know, and the government invoking the, the, the Federal Emergency Act. And she's the only one actually that has, you know, oh, she's written, she's written a book on her experience with that freedom convoy and how it empowered her and how it changed her. Well, good for her. I wouldn't give her one dime for it. And of course she had that, she had that really big interview. Oh, you know, with, with, um, with Jordan Peterson actually interviewed her. And, um, I watched the video and actually did a show about it too. And she doesn't seem to have learned her lesson. You may or may not know she already did a little bit of time in jail. And at the end of the day, that could probably be her, her, uh, The, the outcome of everything that she may not be, I don't think, I don't, my opinion is that I don't think that she'll get any more jail time. She may get a monetary fine, but she's not going to, she's not going to get any, any more jail time. It'll probably look at with a little bit of time she, she did in jail, you know, was probably punishment enough have to wait to see what happens I mean I'm not the judge so after the 16 weeks I don't think their trial is going to be going for 16 weeks because there's like five other ones I think organizers also will be appearing in court. So I think over, over the 16 weeks that they'll all have their say in court. Not to find out. But so anyways, Thank you for joining me this fine Thursday. And of course, this weekend is Labor Day weekend. 
Kids are going back to school. Tuesday is going to be chaotic. You're going to have, you know, I'm talking about the, the you know, the, the public school kids. They're going to be excited. They're going to get back to see their friends and, and their teacher or teachers. We as drivers of our automobiles, we need to slow down, pay attention, follow the rules of the road, follow the school zone speed limits, and put your cell phones away. There's nothing worse than hearing of a child being hit because someone passed a school bus, someone speeding through the, through the school zones. It would be parents dropping their kids off and getting there and then getting themselves to work. Like summer vacation is done. So we need to be alert. We need to be alert anyways on our roads and highways. Whether it's, whether it's summertime or, you know, kids are on summer break or, or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. You know, in, in the city where I reside in, he's going through neighborhoods and they got the public schools there. And, and, you know, they got the, the school crossing sign and they got the speed limit sign underneath that. And it says 40 kilometers an hour, which is like 25 miles per hour. Right. That's not just for when school is in. That sign to say, yeah, there's a school here. But that's the speed limit. 365 days a year. And a lot of the neighborhoods, also all the you know, all the adjacent streets coming off all the main arteries and, and stuff like that, all those speed limits have been reduced. It's not just certain times of the year. Oh, it's just, it's only 25 mile an hour through the school zone when school is in. No, it's 365 days a year. That's why, they're, that's why they're putting more speed bumps in neighborhoods. The people slow the hell down. And of course, you know, it's going to be a really nice weekend. Weather-wise. So whatever you have left to do over the weekend, I mean, people are going to be hitting up up to cottage country. You know, for for one last hurrah of the of the of the summer holiday.
And then they'll be going up periodically just to bring stuff back because you imagine every weekend you're bringing stuff up there. You leave it there. You got tons of stuff at the cottage and you got to bring it back home again. So it's even going to be a busy weekend of traveling for people who go to cottage country. And of course, over this, this long weekend and stuff like that, the, the, the police forces all around Ontario and every city and municipality are going to be on the outlook for aggressive driving, speeders, not wearing seat belts, distracted driving. I didn't mention impaired driving and be looking for that as well. So they'll be in full force. If they haven't started that already, I'm sure it'll be starting tomorrow because tomorrow's Friday. Maybe you're getting off work early. I don't know. Trying to beat rush hour traffic. The highways are going to be packed. And then our roadways are going to be packed coming Tuesday. School starts. Pay attention. So everybody can get to where they're going safely. Including yourself of getting yourself to the office, getting yourself to whatever job you're going to do. It's not a race. So I guess until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, I'll join you. Know, hope you can join me tomorrow night. And since Monday is a holiday, I probably will do a Monday morning show because I'll be off that day. And I'll just have like, like a, a leisure, a leisure weekend, but I will do a show tomorrow evening. About 9 p.m. It'll probably start between 9 and 9.30 because it's the weekend anyway. And that show will be up after this show is all finished and gets out there. So if you can join me tomorrow night, that'd be great. If you can't, I understand. And the same thing for Monday morning, September the 4th. Not sure what time that one's going to start, but the show will be posted up for Monday, probably sometime or Saturday, sometime during the day or evening. I'll post it up for Monday morning. So if you or you if you're following me, you probably get some sort of notification that Tucker's podcast has an upcoming show, such and such date and time. So then, uh, I guess till till tomorrow evening. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy 
the long weekend. Take care and be safe. And thank you. Take care.